Today on Maranatha Radio, Pastor Ray Bentley takes us to a heartfelt cry of the Lord, a cry for his children both then and now. This cry of Jesus is not a, an expression of anger. This is a sob of tremendous anguish and emotion. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you under my wings. Now come into the shelter of the wings of the Lord. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. We live in a time when Christianity is marginalized, if not openly scorned. But things will get worse before they get better. As last day's believers, we're on the precipice of the next event on God's prophetic timetable, and hostility toward believers will run rampant. Today, though, Pastor Ray has good reassurance. Luke chapter 13, uh, beginning in verse 31, it says, On that very day, some Pharisees came, saying to him, Get out and depart from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And he, Jesus, said to them, Go, tell that fox, Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must journey today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish outside of Jerusalem. Here Jesus is saying, not only am I going to Jerusalem. See, the, the Pharisees wanted to keep Jesus out of Jerusalem. That's where their strength and base was, down where the temple was. And Jesus says, no, I'm going there. And I am a prophet of God, and I will prove it from here in the next several days as I continue to cast out devils and heal the sick and preach the kingdom of God. And so Jesus is saying, if you, Herod, want to kill me or anybody else wants to kill me, he better make plans to go to Jerusalem because there and only there will I die. That's what's been prophesied. And by the way, that's where all the prophets, the true prophets of God in the past have been killed. I want you to just take a moment now. Whatever your ideas and concepts of Jesus are, I want you to think of him now. Think of the bravery of Jesus Christ. No one, no one else knows what's going to come. You and I know because we're on the other side of history and we're on the other side of these things actually unfolding and happening. But nobody Nobody had a clue, really, what was going to happen. John didn't really know. Peter didn't really know. James didn't really know. Matthew didn't really know what was coming in literally a few days and hours. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen. And oh, the bravery of our Savior. He knew he was going as a lamb to be sacrificed. And it was only later, after the death, after the beating, after the crucifixion, after the pain of the, the days in between, his burial, and then the exhilaration of his resurrection, 
and then the appearances and disappearances for 40 days, and then the ascension up into heaven, and then the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Only later, I'm sure that they reflect back, do you remember as the horror of the crucifixion and the beating and and the scourging and, and they're thinking, do you remember how purposeful he was? Do you remember that moment when they threatened him and said, you better get out of here, you better not go down. And he said, I am going and I will keep going and I know what's happening and I'm on my way and there's nothing that will stop me. What was it that put that determination, that fierceness, that you will not talk me out of this, that I know what I've come to do. And what they would all later reflect upon is that it was his love. It was love that led Jesus. It was love that drew irresistibly Jesus to Jerusalem to do his Father's will. It is love determined for you and for me. That passion, that intensity, that determination towards you and I. And by the way, that's your Lord. That is your Savior. That's in your spiritual DNA by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. And he wants us to have that same determination, intensity, passion, zeal back toward him. What is the first and the greatest commandment? To love God how? Pretty much? most of the time, or with everything you've got, with all my mind, with all my strength, with all my soul, with everything that is within me. There is, as the Bible says, eternity. Think about this. This is a heavy thought. God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. What is eternity? Eternity is eternity. God has placed something that is, the, is like this big, giant, gaping hole of eternity who goes way beyond the universe. God has put eternity in the hearts of men. Why? For we are made in the image and after the likeness of him who is eternal. We are his sons and we are his daughters. And that yearning, that's why there are only certain things in, in a human experience that God gives to you that are we think, oh, they're physical things with, that are metaphors. No, they're more than that. They are, they're where you get to taste what it's like to hunger for God, to thirst for God. I tell you that every physical cell in your body and being craves the Holy Spirit. You get deceived to think it craves other things. What it really craves and the only thing that satisfies is the burning presence and passion of the Shekinah glory of Almighty God. And once you figure that out and let it start to flow, it fans into flame and is this burning passion. Jesus was not afraid of danger. He basically is saying, I'm on a divine timetable and there is nothing that can distract me, deter me, or for that matter, harm me until I get to where my father wants me to go. And even there, what happens to me upon the cross comes through the loving fingers of my heavenly Father. And the other side of that cross is a resurrection. And the other side of that resurrection is salvation for my eternal brothers and sisters. And that's you and I. It was in fact decided from all eternity past, listen, from eternity past that Jesus would be at Passover that year in Jerusalem and die for you and me. First Peter chapter one, verses 20 and 21. He indeed was foreordained 
before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. That is a powerful thing. In other words, it, because it's, it was eternally ordained before the foundations of the world, from the beginning of time, God knew that he would love you so much that he would send Jesus to die on the cross for you and for me. And so because of that, here you've got the Pharisees are after Jesus, the uh, Sadducees don't like him, Herod is after him. He's got lots of enemies as he makes his way to Jerusalem. But as we note here, in fact, our Lord's enemies only help fulfill the will of God. When you put your faith and your trust in the Lord, God will make even your enemies to praise him. Even the wrath of man he will make to praise him. Now let me connect a little dot from 2,000 years ago, Jerusalem, to Jerusalem today. I want to assure you everything that is happening right now, everything that is being done and or planned, uh, those who love Israel, those who don't love Israel, those who love the Jews, those who don't love the Jews, those who will bless the sons of Abraham and those who will not bless the sons of Abraham. All of it, by the predetermined will and counsel of God, is going to an appointed end. Nobody can stop it. They can't slow it down. They can't thwart it. They, they, can't, they can't do anything but fulfill it. God is on the throne. He is ruling, he is reigning. It's not like Jesus will be king of kings and lord of lords when he comes and is blinding seven times a son. He already is king of kings, lord of lords. The only thing that makes that special is that he goes from heaven down to the earth. But know this, he already owns the earth, bought, paid for with his own blood. He owns it now. He's king now. He's king of kings now. He's lord of lords now. He owns the earth and the fullness thereof now. He rules and reigns now. And he is the same lord who is moved and motivated by love for you and for me. So don't be afraid, whatever you read in the paper. Um, you know, and that's why you need to read the Bible because <laughs> eventually, the headlines of our newspapers uh, will be saying the same thing that the Bible says. Jesus is Lord. That's where it's all headed. What a great day that will be to wake up and read that in the newspaper. And that's exactly true. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess what? Jesus is Lord. That's where we are all headed. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. So many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray's teachings on Maranatha Radio have meant to them. Pastor Ray was such a devoted servant of the Most High God and is now in the presence of his best friend and Savior, Jesus Christ. He ran the race and finished the course set before him. My love to the Bentley family and to Maranatha Ministries. Pastor Ray's teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. 
If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website, www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now look with me in verses 34 and 35. Verse 34, Jesus now says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. So he has sent a message to his enemies. He has sent a message to Herod. Now a message to his people. Now a message to you here tonight. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. And assuredly, I say to you, you shall not see me until the times when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus' message to his disciples, his message to all those along the road between now and Jerusalem and to Passover and to being crucified is, come underneath my wings. Let me watch over you. Let me shelter you. Let me protect you. Let me bless you. Let me draw you near. This cry of Jesus is not a, an expression of anger. He's not angry, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. This is a sob of tremendous anguish and emotion. How I would have gathered you under my wings. Uh, in the Old Testament, references to wings often refer to the wings of the cherubim, the wings of angels. The cherubim that are in the very presence of God. You know, when God instructed Moses how to build the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy of Holies, and he said, I want you to take these two angels and make them of olive wood and their wings touching over the mercy seat and then cover it over the, that acacia wood with pure gold. It was a, a model or a picture or a window revealing the realities of heaven. In the throne room of the presence of God is, in fact, rushing mighty wind that is the result of the movement, apparently, of the very atmosphere of heaven itself and the throne room by the wings of the cherubim. And the wings were there, and the wings of those cherubim were crying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. Wherever God's presence was physically manifest at, at various times in Israel's history, often they would use this figure or this picture or this metaphor of wings, sometimes the wings of eagles. Uh, but even that was a physical picture of a spiritual reality. The real wings are the wings of angels. And how these days, as the world seeks to divide Jerusalem with their own plans, the best of human wisdom is to divide Jerusalem and the Temple Mount, let alone in half. Uh, it won't last. It'll bring peace, the Bible says, for a short season, then it falls apart. No surprise there. But this is a day and this is a time and this is an hour where we see that approaching. We know not exactly when, that we believers on whatever continent where we gather together, even small enough as two or three, in the name of Jesus, we need 
to feel the moving of the Holy Spirit and the wind of the atmosphere around us by the angels and the cherubim that remind us of the presence of the glory of the Lord in the midst of his people at all times. Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 10 says, he found him, speaking of Israel, in a desert land and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him, he instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up and carrying them on its wings, so the Lord alone led him. The mother hen, again, another physical picture of a spiritual reality, gathers her chicks under her wings when she sees danger coming. Listen, my brothers. Listen, my sisters. The Lord is saying, now is the hour to come and be tucked under my wings. Now is the time to find sustenance underneath the shelter and the shadow of my wings of my presence. Now come into the shelter of the wings of the Lord, the warmth, the closeness. He wants you to physically feel and experience spirit, soul, and body, his protectiveness, his watching over you, his caring over you, his defense of you, his provision for you, and in that absolute place of deep peace and security in the arms of the Lord. And that is what I believe Jesus has for you and for me. Have you allowed Jesus to tuck you under his wings, under his care, caring and protective and loving and hovering nature? Will you allow him to do so tonight? It's interesting that in this little few verses, we have the Pharisees coming up to Jesus, telling him, Jesus, Jesus, you're in danger, you're in danger. When in reality, it is they we're in danger. Jesus says, I'm not in danger. Yes, I'm going to the Jerusalem. Yes, I'm going to be crucified, but I will rise from the dead on the third day and I will ascend to heaven. You're the ones, O Israel, who are in trouble. Your house will be left to you desolate. 68 AD, ending in 70 AD, the Romans came in, destroyed Jerusalem. They lost their city. They lost their homeland. They destroyed the temple. They lost everything. Jesus could see that desolation that was coming. And he was now prophesying to them, look, I'm not the one in trouble. You are. And if you would know it and believe it, you would run to me and let me shelter you and let me protect you. But then he goes on with the end. He doesn't leave. The final word is not one of judgment. But Jesus prophesies a better day for Israel. He says in verse 35, See, your house is left to you desolate, and assuredly I say to you, you shall not see me until the time comes when you shall say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is a quote from Psalm 118, verse 26, which was quoted by believing Jews at the triumphal entry of Jesus when he finally gets to the Mount of Olives that final week leading up to Passover. But it doesn't end there. Because we know they rejected him, he was crucified, and yes, he rose, but he is coming back again. And the day will come when the Jewish people will call upon the Messiah to save them from all that's happened in the tribulation and the Antichrist and the deception and the craziness of the world. 
And they will say, come Messiah, come. And the Messiah will come. And when the Messiah comes, it's gonna be Jesus. And they shall look upon him whom they have pierced. And they shall weep and mourn as one mourns for his only begotten son. The veil will have been lifted. Their eyes will finally see. And as Paul wrote to the church in Rome on that day, all Israel shall be saved. What is it that Israel will be able to see? They will see Isaiah 53, verse three, that says he, the Messiah, is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. And in that day, there shall be one new man, Jew and Gentile made one in Christ Jesus. And the governments of the world shall finally rest upon the shoulders of not, you know, multitudes or even nations or continents. It'll rest on one pair of shoulders. The entire government for all nations, every nation, every language, every kindred and every tribe. All government will be on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. And will you not feel a tremendous sigh of relief when government has taken out of the hands of men and put to the one mediator between God and men, and that is Christ Jesus the Lord. And from that day forward, forever and all of eternity, he will rule and reign. And the weird part is, somehow we're gonna rule and reign with him. How did that get into the deal? We're lucky we should even have, you know, a, a ticket in. We should be given a corner of the kingdom of heaven where we just get to watch everybody that's inside. But no, we're actually there ruling with him, reigning with him. In closing, let me just summarize. Everything related to salvation has to do with Jesus' loving determination to die in Jerusalem for his people. He says, come, follow me, pick up your cross and be like me. Secondly, this reveals his heart for us. Oh, love how high, how deep, how wide, how broad is the love of God. There was a prisoner once, ancient times, one of our ancient brothers who in a cell had formed, written, scratched into the stone with a rock, probably over many years, etched a cross, and he had put height, depth, width, and breadth. Love, that's God's love for you and me. And in his tender love, Tonight he says, will you please come underneath the shelter and the shadow of my wings? That's what he wants to do for you and for me tonight. Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley, pointing out the Lord's love and sacrifice for us and the protection he wants to provide for us. Now today's study here on Maranatha Radio is titled, Come Under My Wings. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. 
three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. Why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.